When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Previewing all the NFL game odds to get you ready to wager each week on all the NFL action, college football, plus all the local teams and NBA action later this fall. This is Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. And tonight's edition of Bet LA with Anita Marks is made possible by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Bet LA with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Bet LA with Anita Marks right now. That's right. Anita Marks with you. It is Bet LA. Uh, we're going to switch gears here in just a second. We'll, we'll talk some uh, Major League Baseball. It's uh, the World Series between the Phillies and the Houston Astros. Kicks off tomorrow. If you're just tuning in, the Ravens did defeat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 27-22. So if you had the over, it hit. And also if you had the Ravens uh, getting the points, obviously, or the, the, the Ravens on the money line, uh, good for you, winner, chicken dinner. Tom Brady power over 320 yards, 325 to be exact, with one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, Gus Edwards, 11 carries for 65 yards, but he left early with a hamstring issue. And Mike Evans, six receptions for 123 yards. Those are your highlights in regard to uh, to the stats. Uh, I do want to start breaking down uh, how I'm going to play, how a number of analysts are going to play uh, the uh, the World Series. But before we do, each and every Thursday night, um, as well as, so it's Thursday, I want to say, what is it? Two, when, hold on, it's Thursday, and is it Friday I host? I can't even remember, it's Monday. So Monday and Thursday, I do so much, uh, I, I, I can't even remember. Uh, so Monday and Thursday, I host a digital show on ESPN Plus called Bet. And uh, it's a 60-minute show, no commercials. We rip through a lot of stuff. We give you a lot of content. It's really awesome. And I saw I had Doug Glanville on uh, earlier today uh, having a discussion with him in regard to the World Series. So I wanted to play that clip for you on this show. So let's listen in. Doug Glanville joins us now. Doug, welcome into Bet. Really thrilled to have you on to do a little, not a little, let's do a deep preview into the World Series that kicks off tomorrow. And first and foremost, let's talk about this Astros team, right? They've not lost a, a game since the Phillies back on October 3rd, where, of course, they went up against Nola, who it's been reported will be the first pitcher game one for the Phillies. Uh, that day, he struck out nine Astros and a little over six innings. So with that being said, can the Phillies steal a game? Like, let's just say if they don't have that type of outstanding performance from Noah, can, Nola, can they still steal a game from the Astros in game one? Well, they can steal it, and I think they have to do it by literally stealing. Uh, they're a team that although they hit home runs just like the Astros, they can steal bags. Even guys like Kyle Schwarber, who led the National League in home runs, can steal a base from time to time. 
So they'll have to lean into their aggressive style of going first to third, taking the extra base and running because Nola was almost perfect the last time he pitched against the Astros. He six innings, he gave up nothing. And then they finally got to him in the seventh inning, but really not much, they still didn't score. So you realize that they have good pitching, but in the end, offensively, they have to show their diversity by stealing some bases or at least being aggressive on the bases. Yeah, taking a look at, at game one with you, uh, if, if you want to bet on the Phillies, it's plus 143 on, on the run line. Um, if you want to bet Houston, it's minus 170. The over-under is six and a half. I'm going a little out of the box here, out of the diamond, I should say. I'm taking Justin Verlander under 17 and a half outs, and I'm sure people are going, what are you talking about? He's the Houston Astros uh, ace. Yes, but look at his track record when he's on over four or five days rest. It's not great, right? Like, um, especially he went up against uh, the Mariners. He gave up 10 hits and six runs against the Mariners. As we know, the Phillies lineup is really fantastic. Indoor ballpark as well. Seven postseason World Series appearances. Verlander is one in six with a five plus ERA. I think if he starts struggling, Dusty is going to go to a really good bullpen early. So I'm going under 17 and a half outs for Verlander in game one. That's how I'm playing it. What say you, Doug? Well, I'll tell you, I agree with the fact that the bullpen of the Astros is a huge asset. Uh, you look at the bullpen that, first of all, was the least used during the season. They pitched the least amount of innings. So that, that's a credit to their starters, but also how they manage that bullpen. They also were a bullpen that struck out her nine innings the most. So there's a strikeout team. It's also a bullpen that doesn't give up home runs and they're rested. So you get that combination and you have a great situation for the Houston Astros. So even if Verlander doesn't go deep or has one of those kinds of starts, they have a bullpen that can bridge the game and to be able to close it under multiple circumstances. So that's why I'm optimistic that their bullpen will be a strength. The Phillies have a good one as well certainly through the postseason, but they tend to walk a lot of hitters and they're much more backloaded. So the Astros have a lot of versatility there. So you talk about teams being rested. Both these teams are rested, right? They haven't played since Sunday. So with that being said, a lot of times the team that is more rested doesn't typically have a great game one, but that's not going to be the case here. Which one of these offenses do you think will struggle with more than four days in between games? Well, picking, I'd go with the Phillies more so than the Astros. And it's mostly looking at it this way. What doesn't slump with days off? You know, you can your bats could get cold, your rhythm and timing. But what the Astros do really well is you cannot strike these guys out. They're very tough to strike out. They put the ball in play. They have the discipline at the plate. Those are skills that will translate even with time off. And so that is their leg up. So when you put the ball in play and you create pressure, you're going to create opportunities and sometimes mistakes. So I see that as where the Astros can separate the fact that, yes, both teams are equally going to be off and there could be some rust versus rest. Uh, but what's going to be the thing that can jumpstart where all things are equal? And that is their ability to put the ball in play and create pressure. All right, Doug, before we let you go, I've got the Astros winning the series uh, in six. I got them winning it 4-2. What say you? How are you playing this? 
I support the 4-2 Astros, uh, even though know, I'm a lifelong Philly growing up but, and plus playing, but at the same time, the Astros are the team right now with all the wins they've racked up this season and they delivered through the postseason. But it goes back to that original point. They put the ball in play, and you put the ball in play against a team like the Phillies that has struggled defensively overall, even though they've been improved over the postseason. So I think that will be the difference. They're pretty well matched, but the Astros put the ball in play, and the Phillies don't field as well. I think that will be the difference between the Astros and the Phillies. Doug, great stuff. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on Bet. Really do appreciate your time. Thank you. Again, Doug Glenville joining me on Bet. It's a digital show that airs um, actually on, on Sunday, Monday, and Thursday. I host it on Monday and Thursday on ESPN+. Plus. Um, and so uh, please, please tune in. It's, it's, it's really 30 minutes of just, it's chock full of so much content and so much information. Um, so, so uh, again, just to kind of rewind and, and Tyler, Rebecca, please feel free to jump in here. Curious what your thoughts in, in regards to this world series, uh, is, is, is going to entail, but I, I just, I, I'm, I'm all over the Astros. I, I just feel like they check more boxes. I, here, here's the thing. I, I think the majority of the country are going to be rooting for the Phillies because so many people hate the Astros. Um, so my heart's going to be rooting for the Phillies because I think they're the obviously they're the Cinderella story. They shouldn't be here. Uh, they're played on borrowed time, right? Like they turned the season around after they fired uh, their manager, all, like that whole storyline. Uh, but I just feel like the Astros check more boxes and they're just the better team in regard to bullpen, uh, in regard to, uh, rotation outside of obviously Wheeler and Nola. Um, I just think their, their rotation could go deeper. They can use a lot of their starting pitchers, uh, as bullpen, uh, relievers, uh, because now we've reached the world series. So I just, I'm leaning towards the Astros. I, I think this, I think the series goes six and I think the Astros win 4-2. Yeah, I think I think your head's in the right place. I think that when you're betting, you really have to take into account all of the factors that are going to be playing both against you and in your favor. And this Houston Astros team, I know we're in Los Angeles. I know that there's a lot of hatred towards this team. But they have been the most consistent team in baseball for the better part of five or six years now. I mean, you look at the team that lost George Springer, Carlos Correa, Garrett Cole, among others, and they have not missed a beat, and they have been tremendously solid this season. Philadelphia is on a hot streak. I think that they've definitely hit their playoff stride, but when it comes to a boxing match, I think that Houston comes out on top with matches won for sure. I'm excited for this series. You know, I, I was, I was obviously, you know, someone who's, you know, works in New York and covers the Yankees and covers the Mets. I was hoping for a Yankees Mets series, but obviously uh, both those teams obviously got bumped, but I, I just, I, I think this is going to be a great series. I, I really do. I think the, I think, I think the Phillies have a really phenomenal storyline here um, that a lot of people can get behind and, and, and obviously the Astros are the team that everybody loves to hate. So we'll see how it all plays out. So again, just to recap my conversation with Doug Glanville, um, I do like Houston winning the series. Unfortunately, I'm sure uh, Dodgers fans don't want to hear that. 
uh, but uh, but I do have the Astros winning uh, in six at four two. Uh, game one tomorrow, my favorite play is Verlander under 12, 17 and a half outs for all the reasons why. Uh, listen, uh, seven postseason World Series appearances for Verlander. He's one and six with a five plus ERA. He's not great af- with, with this much time off. And I do believe with a rested bullpen, Dusty goes to the bullpen early with Verlander. So we'll see what happens. That's how I would play it. We get back. Let's talk some NBA with you. Uh, Lakers in action against the T-Wolves tomorrow. And also, what is big picture? You could actually wager, wager that the that the Lakers are not going to make it to the postseason. I'll share that with you. We can have a discussion. Um, in, any hope that the Lakers can turn this season around? We'll dive into that next. It is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Anita Marks with you again. It is Ben L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A. Let's talk some NBA as the uh, Mavericks here in Brooklyn took care of the Nets, one twenty nine to one twenty five. So, uh, so if, if you if you played the Mavs tonight, you were you were a winner. Luca forty one points, eleven rebounds, fourteen assists. So he had a triple double. He's just amazing. Uh, maybe you put some money down that he was going to win the MVP this season. I think that was wise. Kyrie Irving thirty nine points, seven rebounds, four assists. Uh, unfortunately, the Clippers lose to the Thunder tonight, one eighteen to one ten. No bueno. Um, the Miami Heat lose to the Warriors tonight, one twenty three to one ten. That's no bueno for me. I had the Heat at plus six and a half. Man, I've had a rough night. I'm not gonna lie about it. I'm very transparent. Jimmy Butler, twenty seven points, six rebounds, eight assists. Steph Curry, thirty three points, seven rebounds, nine assists. And the Grizzlies, John ja Moran. Taking it to the Kings, one twenty-five to one ten. So, uh, so the Grizzlies well, that, that that should have been my play. The Grizzlies should have been my play more than the Heat, but it is what it is. Um, so we've got a Lakers team getting ready to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves tomorrow. Minnesota's favored by seven. Lay it right now. <laughs> Let me see if it's moved actually. Uh, because I, I know that there's some talk and speculation that uh, that Westbrook is going to play. I know he's been dealing with a hamstring issue. Um, you know, if, if he does play, is he going to have to come off the bench? He doesn't want to come off the bench. Who wants to come off the bench? Nobody wants to come off the bench. <laughs> I just can't. It's just, okay, so it's it's moved to eight. I would jump on it now. Uh, Minnesota minus eight. The over/under is two twenty-seven. 
let's be honest. This Lakers team is just god awful. They're zero and four. They haven't won one game. Uh, they're going to be on the road against the T Wolves. Of course, you know you're talking about Towns. You're talking about you know Gobert, Edwards. You got Gobert averaging 14 rebounds a game. <laughs> You've got Edwards averaging 23, 25 points a game. And meanwhile, this is a Lakers team still trying to find themselves. And I, and I would imagine, because the talk everywhere around the around the country when it comes to Lakers is, you know, what do they need to do to get better? And everybody thinks it's trading Westbrook. Uh, you know, how, how much consideration has been put into trading AD? You know, I, I, I mean, you know, Injuries, definitely an issue. Now he's dealing with some back issue. Since since the Lakers won a championship in the bubble, quote-unquote, uh, in 2020, AD's only played 80 games since then. You know, at, at, at the age of 24, let's be honest, he was dominant. Um, I want to say what at 26 was, was when the Lakers obviously won the championship in the bubble. And now he's 29 and, um, and, and not the same player. Now, will it happen? Probably not. Politics play a huge role. I get it. But this is a Lakers team. They're the, the, the worst second half team in, in, in the NBA arguably the worst shooting team in the NBA. They just don't have enough good players. They just don't. And they need to make some big trades in order to turn this around. This isn't, this isn't a tweak. This isn't like, Ooh, let's trade Westbrook. Let's bring in buddy. And this team is going to be fine. I don't believe it is. And Tyler, Rebecca, please chime in here. Uh, because you know, obviously, you know, this is seven ten ESPN. This is the home of the Lakers. And, I'm, I'm, I would imagine that there's a lot of talk about the Lakers on this station and um, a lot of guests and whatnot, but I, I, I don't think this is a tweak here and a tweak there that's going to make this team better. I think this needs to be a complete redo. You agree or disagree with me? 100% agree. And I think that a lot of the focus is being turned towards Palinka, who just got an extension. Uh, you know, people want him to act. People want to see him address what's going on granted it's only four games but they haven't it's it's been an unimpressive four games and you've got an injury ridden Anthony Davis you knew that coming into the season with the acquisition of Papev that there was going to be some animosity between him and Russell Westbrook I guess it was the fingers crossed method that we came in to the season with where we just kind of hoped that they would hash it out and there were videos that surfaced about, you know, uh, Papev's press conference where he he dapped up Russell and everyone thought that, oh, everything's going to be fine between the two of them now. But we see evident issues with this team. And so, yeah, I think people are looking at Palinka. I think people want something to happen that's drastic. I don't know if it's going to be the right answer, but I think that it's important for at least the Lakers organization to address that things aren't right and to at least let the fan base know, hey, we acknowledge there's a problem. We're going to work on it. Okay. But, uh, you know, again, I guess my question to you is, if we're in agreement that we both feel that AD needs to be traded as well, 
but do you feel that the the political and the relationship ties will, will prohibit that from happening in regard to representation and, and how that ties into um, the front office? It definitely could. It definitely could. I think LeBron James has a lot of control over this team. Exactly. Um, and I think that his relationship with Palinka kind of maybe disables Palinka from doing what he wants. And I don't know, I'm not speaking, you know, from a place of knowing, but I do know that a lot of the decisions that this team has made since LeBron James has come over, you know, he's he's kind of been the gavel ringer where the decision isn't final until LeBron James gives the nod. So I think that if I, I think that if the Lakers look to to move parts, I think that it's ultimately going to be LeBron James's choice. And uh, I don't know if he's if he's willing to chalk things four games into the season. I listen. I I, I hear you. I hear you. Um, I, it's really going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, again, I've got two plays here. Number one is the T Wolves tomorrow. Uh, earlier today, it was minus seven. Now it's moved to minus eight. I would jump on it now uh, before it moves e- even further. Uh, waiting to hear. Have you guys heard? Is Westbrook going to be back? Uh, I know there was some speculation that he was going to be back, but even if he is, he does get back. He's coming off the bench. So we'll see. And, and I know he doesn't. He doesn't like that. Yeah. Do we want to Russell Westbrook off the bench? I think he. I think he feels that the reason he has the hamstring injury is because he did come off the bench. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. And then, um, and then, last but not least, like bigger picture here in regard to futures bets. You can bet that the Lakers are not going to make it to the playoffs at minus one fifty, and so um, if 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 that's how you're rolling, which that's how I'm rolling, um, you want to you want to lay that now uh, because I do believe that they lose to the T Wolves, and the more that they lose, and the fact that they're zero and four, I do expect them to be zero and five after tomorrow night. T Wolves are three and two. Um, you know, they've, they've got a better roster. They're obviously, they've, they've, they're, they're coming into their own. They're finding their groove with, with, with towns and, and of course go bear. And, and I don't, I don't think, I don't think th- th- this line, uh, is, is going to get better anytime soon. So it, it probably, if they lose to the T wolves, it'll probably jump up to like minus 160 minus 165. And I think as, as the Lakers continue to lose, that's going to continue. Just FYI, just my two cents. Uh, we get back. Fat Jack, professional handicapper, is going to be joining us. You can find him at fatjacksports.com. We'll talk NFL. We'll talk college. We haven't talked college yet. UCLA and USC in action uh, on Saturday. So we'll dive into all that with Fat Jack. When we get back, you're listening to uh, Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza nutrient pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Ben L.A. here on 710 ESPN L.A. Anita Marks with you and we've got Fat Jack. I've, I've become more comfortable calling you that, by the way. Now it's like it just rolls off the tongue like nothing. Yeah, not a moment too soon. I mean, we've been doing this now for a couple of months. So, yeah, you definitely should call me Fat Jack. People have been doing it for 25-plus years. I'm perfectly fine with it. And as long as I win, 
I, and nobody cares. And, and when they when I lose, they use it against me. So it's a win win for everybody out there. There you go. There you go. Uh, Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com. That's where you can find him. Let's dive right into it um, for uh, uh, in, a, in a number of, of levels. Uh, first and foremost, let's talk about that 49ers-Rams game. 49ers favored by one and a half. Uh, the over-under is, uh, is 43. Uh, this is a 49ers team with, with Kyle as well as Jimmy G who've dominated the Rams. The Rams lose another offensive lineman. I, I mean, I'm really curious. What side are you on here? Yeah, I hate to line up with the public here, but I, I definitely think that you know, just like with Kansas City, we kind of gave up on them. A lot of people did, at least after the Buffalo debacle. They go on the road. They get it done in San Francisco. It's about horses for courses in the NFL. When you get a team that matches up well with you, no matter how you've looked the week before, you're going to play a lot better or a lot worse. And the Rams are exactly what the doctor ordered if you're San Francisco. Uh, San Fran, Garoppolo, 14-7 and seven straight up his last 21 starts. San Francisco's covered five in a row against the spread in this series. And, and that is exactly what – that's not a coincidence. They should be able to keep a low-scoring game. As you mentioned, the total's just a little above 40. Low-scoring game, muddy it up. They don't have to get into a track meet, which is what Kansas City required. Um, I'm with you. I think San Francisco's uh, more sound across the offensive line. They'll be able to run the ball effectively, and I think they go into L.A. and win. Yeah. Um, I, who would have thunk that the Giants and the Seattle Seahawks would be relevant at this point in time in the season, but they are. I mean, the Giants have only lost one game. Seattle has a top five offense in the NFL. They are home. They're favored by three. The over-under is at 44 and a half. What's your play? Yeah, the only game we have with two teams with winning records. I mean, who would have, in a week, you've got all of these great matchups, Green Bay and Buffalo, all the preseason like hype games that you would be looking forward to. Uh, you, the one with two winning records are the Giants in Seattle. Um, I do think that the other shoe is going to drop at some point for the Giants. They are much better. But how they're getting it done, being able to run the ball effectively and the defense has played really, really well, and basically just staying around at the end, a lot of times that will ha- work at home. I think their schedule has been a big part of that. They are 6-1 and against the spread, as you mentioned. But Seattle has covered four of the last five in the series. And I do think this is a, a quiet Seattle team that – after losing Russell Wilson, it, they've been better. They circled the wagon. This has been a real efficient offense to this point, and I think this is a step up in, in competition for the Giants. I actually like Seattle at home uh, minus the boys. Interesting. Not believing in, in Brian Dable's magic there, are you, Fat Jack? I, I am over the season, and I love what's going on in New, in New York, but I just they're, they're not going to win out. They're going to lose some games. This seems like a prime opportunity for them to drop one and be able to shrug their shoulders, go back home and say, you know what, we're going to lose some. It is the NFL. Uh, Seattle, I think, poses some problems for them. But I, I'm believing what they're doing as the organization for sure. Let's talk about the other New York team, and that's the Jets going up against the Patriots. Patriots not sure what they're doing with their quarterback situation. Mac Jones took 80, 90% of the first-team snaps this week. He's expected to start, but man... Uh, Bailey Zappi is right on his coattails. Meanwhile, meanwhile, for the Jets, Zach Wilson has to have the worst quarterback statistics um, so far this season, but their defense is keeping them in games. Patriots favored by two and a half. The over-under is at 40 and a half. What's your play here? Yeah, just like we talked about with Kansas City after their bad loss, we talked about this a bunch with teams that play bad one week. 
they turn around and circle the wagons. Belichick teams are known for that. When they give a bad outing, they typically come back and play much better. I had Chicago plus the points on Monday night. Uh, it's posted, obviously, under the results tab on, on the website. Uh, but I do think that, that uh, New England shows up. I think there's a reason why they're favored. And as you mentioned, uh, Zach Wilson, everybody was kind of exhaling when he came back after the injury, but he hasn't played great. They've been winning in spite of him. I don't know that that holds up this week. I will lean toward New England in, my, in that one. Some other games that you like, Indy and Washington, both with different quarterbacks than what they started the season with, okay? Um, the over-under in this game is 39-and-a-half. You've got to play on that, right? Yeah, just as a general rule, I like to take the information that I found out over the first six or seven weeks that I feel like will be consistent going forward and capitalize that as we head into November. And that is are mainly teams with good defenses and bad offenses. Anytime you find that, you're going to be looking under because the, the general public likes to go over. Desperation sends people over. But there's a few teams that, that are, should identify as exactly that. Tampa Bay certainly one of those. Denver's another one. We've talked about that. Great defense. They're number four in the league. And uh, really bad offense, as we know, with or without Russell Wilson doing his high knee kicks during, on the plane over to London. Uh, and then Indy's the other one in a team that, as you said, quarterbacks shuffle a little bit. They like to play low-scoring games. By the way, those three teams to this point in the season are 18-3 and three to the under out of their 21 tries. So they're, they're making a living or getting by not scoring a bunch of points. As I said, top-rate defenses. And against Washington, same type of thing. Sometimes you can look at what the, uh, the stats are giving you, even though it's a public play, and take advantage of that. And playing under with Indy has been a, a good trend for that. I like, I like under in that game. I like under in the Denver-Jacksonville game. And, and until further notice, Tampa and anybody is an underplay as well. Yeah, you talk about the, uh, the Denver-Jaguars game. That's the 7.30 a.m. Eastern time game at Wembley Stadium. Um, and this is a Jags team. They're favored by two and a half. The over-under is at 39 and a half. You like the under here as well. So do I. I also like Jacksonville in this game, right? Yeah, they're, they're more uh, equipped to go overseas. And Denver did the right thing. They went early in the week. But I, I've got a little Kirk Cousins going with, and frankly, Aaron Rodgers with that, with Russell Wilson, that the more I hear from him, the more I kind of quietly am pulling against him. He just seems like he's lost and totally off the planet at times. The fact we know that he's stretching out on the plane when everybody's trying to sleep really irritates me about him. So I'm hoping that's not seeping in. But I do, Jacksonville, they play overseas a ton. They know how to handle London. A Wembley Stadium will have a ton of Jaguar fans. They are a fan favorite. As you know, I go over there for the NFL game. I'll be going to Munich here soon uh, in a couple of weeks to cover that game. But, yeah, Jacksonville getting it done. They're also a real popular sharp play. You're getting pros versus Joes and Jaguar games a lot. They didn't come through last week, but I do expect them to take care of business early in the morning on Sunday as the more prepared team and, frankly, have a coach who seems like he knows what he's doing as well. Again, Fat Jack, FatJackSports.com, joining us here on Bet LA. Let's turn our attention to some college football uh, before we let you go, and, uh, and let's talk about USC going up against Arizona. USC favored by 15. Dude, the over-unders, it's 76 and a half. What's your play here? Yeah, welcome to the Big 12, right? I mean, these are Big 12 totals. This is what you get when you have Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma playing just about anybody in the Big 12 two or three, four years ago. Now he takes his show to the Pac-12, and 15 is a dangerous number, in my opinion, if you're Arizona. I saw this type of offense that Lincoln Riley has for years in the Midwest, and these type numbers get out of hand. They're asking you to get into a shootout, 
Vegas is telling you they're not going to, Arizona's not going to get a bunch of stops. UCLA's going to, or USC's going to have their way offensively. That over two touchdowns, they're inviting people to play Arizona plus the two scores, thinking they can keep it at least a little bit close with the suspect, a little bit suspect defense that USC has. Absolutely not. Play USC. I think this is one of the easier ones of the evening. Yeah, and UCLA going up against Stanford. UCLA is favored by 16.5. The over-under is at 66.5. What's your play here? Yeah, see, see above, right? I mean, it's the same type of thing. How do you, how do you cover if you can't score? Stanford's going to have problems getting the ball in the end zone. US, UCLA is going to score points. We see this in the, in the SEC a ton. Georgia this week is a similar spot. You just have a team that's far better than their opponent. And so they put it up close to three touchdowns, trying to give you a reason to play the underdog. But the reality is more times than not, when it gets in that 15 to 16 and a half, 17 point range, the favorite, especially when they have a big offense, the favorite is going to be the right side. And I like UCLA as well. Before we let you go, what's your favorite college play heading into I, I, uh, Saturday? Yeah, I will go to my grave saying that Oklahoma State is the most overrated team in the, in the college football. And they may, they may win out just to spite me. But this team does not have a top 10 a defense, top 10 offense. They, they have two back-to-back games really tough. They lose in overtime to TCU, a very physical game in Stillwater against Texas. Now they go to K-State. K-State likes to run the ball every single time they can, so the quarterback change doesn't hurt me that much. Lay the point and a half or so. Play Kansas State. That should be an easy winner in college football. We have a bunch more going on Saturday. But, uh, yeah, I definitely like Kansas State to uh, bring this charade of a team that is in Stillwater in the Oklahoma State Cowboys to their knees on Saturday. I love it. Fat Jack, always great having you on with us. Thank you so much for your time uh, this evening. Appreciate you, my friend. Have a great weekend. Go get them. Hope all your bets win. I'll talk to you soon. You got it. Fat Jack, fatjacksports.com. Check him out, please. This is Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA. A lot more picks, a lot more plays coming your way next. Again, 710 ESPN LA. This is Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Made possible tonight by Tiza. Get more focus and energy in your daily life with Tiza Nutrient Pouches. Visit TizaEnergy.com and make your mouth happy. Now more of Ben L.A. with Anita Marks on 710 ESPN. Uh, proud of the way we played in the third quarter. Um, honestly, really, um, offensive drives were quality. We really stopped them defensively. When we challenged you guys. We, we, didn't, we didn't play... Just overall in the first half, the, the way we needed to, kind of the just attacking, relentless style that we want to play. And really both sides. I mean, offense set some really good quality drives, but um, just it just wasn't, wasn't quite us, wasn't quite the edge that, that we're used to playing with and that we expect to play with. And I thought our guys responded uh, well in the third quarter um, and made some key plays when it mattered to, to get away and, and win the game. Lincoln Riley... Um... Big game this week. USC going up against Arizona. Um, they are favored by 15. The over-unders at 76 and a half. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. I mean, come on. So um, how am I going to play this? Uh, I do like USC. I'll lay the 15. A lot of people don't like to lay double digits, let alone 15 points. I'll lay it. Also, I like USC over 46 and a half points. Why? They average 40 points a game. What makes you think they can't put over 45, 46 against Arizona. I think they can. Um, Arizona's given up almost 50 points 
in each of their games, and they haven't they haven't experienced uh, a, an offense like this. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, Caleb, he's already almost up to 2,000 passing yards and almost, uh, he's at 19 touchdowns, almost 20, only one interception. This USC offense, as we know, is one of the most explosive offenses uh, in, in college football, averaging almost 500 yards a game, averaging almost 40 points a game. So I do believe, so again, I'm going to lay the 15. I think it's all going to be about score scoreboard watching for Arizona at the end of the day. Um, and I'm going to play Arizona over their point total, which is 46 and a half. Uh, not only is their offense explosive, but also uh, their turnovers, they capitalize on. They don't take turnovers for granted. They just don't. So uh, I, I know that they've got some injuries in the wide receiving core, but Williams and Washington, I think, could step up big time. And Arizona's defense is really nothing to write home about. They only have nine sacks on the season. That's it, just nine, and only two interceptions. Yes, it's Arizona's homecoming, but um, I, I just I think USC rolls here big time. Uh, let's listen in. This is Chip Kelly talking to the media this week. This is a really good football team. We didn't play up to what we should have played on Saturday. Um, and then we'll move on. We'll see what the rest of the season turns itself out. But our whole mantra since the beginning of the season is pick your head up in December and we'll see if our body of work is good enough for us to have an opportunity to continue to play after December. So. Uh, Chip Kelly, of course, talking about their loss to Oregon, which was uh, really uh, deflating, I'm sure, considering that uh, he used to rule Oregon in Eugene. Uh, UCLA is favored by 16 and a half. The over-under is at 66 and a half. My play here is... UCLA. I will lay again the double digits. I will lay the 16 and a half. If there's one thing about Chip Kelly, he knows how to beat bad teams. And Stanford, with all due respect, <laughs> is a bad team. Okay? Um, they just they they just are. 10, 25, and 1 against the spread in their last 36 games. And and I think UCLA coming off a very disappointing loss to Oregon. I think this is a great spot for them to get back on track, especially on their offense, where you could run all over the Stanford team. Okay. Um, did they beat Mich- Did they beat Notre Dame? Yes, sixteen to fourteen. Did they beat Arizona State? Yes, fifteen to fourteen. But they lost to Oregon twenty-eight to seventeen. And I personally, I still don't feel UCLA should have should have lost to Oregon. But that's my, that's my own two cents. They're going to be able to run all over Stanford. Stanford's giving up 190 yards per game rushing alone. And running backs are averaging 5.2 yards per carry against Stanford. So I, I do like UCLA here. Okay. So again, uh, USC, I'll lay the points at minus 15. Uh, I also like the team total over 46 and a half. And UCLA at home I'll lay the 16 and a half against Stanford. I just think these are very favorable matchups for both USC and UCLA. Uh, guys, each and every week we talk about Survivor Pool. If you took the books, the, the Bucks last week, if you took the Bucks the last three weeks, loser, you are out. Hopefully you did not. Hopefully you stayed away from Tom Brady and the, uh, the wedding party hangover that he has instilled on this uh, on this Bucks team, uh, let's be honest, guys. The play this week is Philadelphia against the Steelers. That's the play this week. 
but maybe you've taken Philadelphia already. So if that's the case, I do like Minnesota over Arizona. Okay. Um, and, um, and if, if you've already taken, I, I can't imagine that you've already taken Minnesota. I don't know. Um, what, what are some of the other, I do like Indianapolis with their new quarterback against Washington. Um, I do like that play. Uh, I like the Jags over the Denver Broncos. I like the Falcons at home over Carolina. I think Carolina put 110% into beating the Tampa Bay Bucks and Tom Brady. Uh, gotta love the Cowboys at home against the Bears, even though the Bears are looked really impressive uh, against the Patriots. That was a surprise for sure. But they'll be working on a short work week, obviously. The Dolphins over the Lions. Again, like I said, I do like the Vikings over the Cards. Um, I, I have the Saints over the Raiders. Patriots over the Jets. Eagles, as I said, I think that's your, your best bet. If, if you haven't taken Eagles already, I think you do this week. Um, Titans over the Texans. Colts over the Commanders. 49ers over the Rams. Giants over the Seahawks. I'm telling you. Just everybody keeps on sleeping on this Giants team. It's unbelievable. Obviously, the Bills over the Packers. And the Bengals over the Browns. Uh, those those would be my plays. Okay. Um, guys, I know we just have about two minutes left in the show for the Academy Awards. Um, there's odds out for best picture. And, and I was just, I was spending some time here in the break, like looking through what they are. And like, I, and I feel like I say this each and every year, like I, I, I haven't seen these movies. <laughs> um, Babylon, everything, everywhere, all at once, women talking, tar, um, she said the woman King Amsterdam, poor things, empire of light, the sun. Stop me. If you've, if, stop me. If you've watched something here, please. I, I, I have not seen any of, or heard of uh, any of those, but some of them, um, because they go up until I think like December for films. So some of them might not even be out yet. Really? You think uh, like yeah, you think they'd, they you think they'd already have these odds out and they're not even out yet? The, they we haven't even seen the movie yet? Yeah, I mean there's you know anything that's going to be released in the next month and a half is still uh in contention. Yeah, I guess you're right because Black Panther uh, Wakanda Forever is uh, is is out here at 65 to 1. Okay. Um anyway, <laughs> Avatar, The Way of the Water, The Way of Water. Um, There's another Avatar. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. That's even Top Gun that. Maverick. Uh, I saw that one. That was good. That was good. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> anyway, uh, what a wonderful world we live in that you could actually wager on uh, the Academy Awards and who's going to win Best Picture. You, you, you got to love that. Even though, what, what did you say, Tyler? It's not until March. So we still have a ways away. Anyway, maybe we'll book somebody for the show next week to talk about the to talk about the Academy Awards. Tyler, Rebecca, I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Bet LA here on 710 ESPN LA.